a net, we love a jet. We love to help, and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, stimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too, collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory matters. You know what? Hello everybody, welcome to Sensory Matters. This is episode two of season two. Since we rejig things and gone to seasons. Uh, so I'm joined today by Paul, all the way over now. Remind me, Paul, where are you? Hi, this is Paul. I'm in Montreal in Canada. Montreal in Canada. Yeah, fantastic. I did a, a tour of Canada a few years ago and absolutely loved it. I've got a very good friend who lives in Ottawa, so yeah. really loved it. Yeah, very nice. Uh, it, it, we are blessed with um, with noticeable winters. It gets a little cold here. We've already had a few inches of snow, but we've survived that. Yeah, do you know, it really appeals to me, Canada. Years ago, I was thinking about emigrating, but your country wouldn't let me in. Didn't no. have quite a lot of points. Um, because I love the fact the seasons are just so varied. It's really, you know, you feel like you get a proper winter, although you probably feel it's a bit long. It is. Uh, and it's, I ended up here through kind of a roundabout route coming from the UK originally. But I remember, yeah. purely by, by chance, I remember that when I was about seven or eight years old, I wrote a letter to um, to what was Prime Minister Trudeau, who was, yeah. in, who was in the sort of running Canada at that time, because I, I was seven or eight years old and I decided that I wanted to emigrate here. And I have no idea why that was. There was some like famous video of him dancing with the Queen, just like being a bit cheeky and a bit naughty. And yeah. that appealed to me as a seven or eight-year-old boy. Yeah, I bet. Good. Cool. Well, Paul has an amazing company called Normal, spelt N-A-W-M-A-L, and it's all about using video for communication. So it's really interesting for our community because we know that a lot of people who have sensory challenges also have verbal challenges and communication can be a real challenge. But life, your kind of product didn't start out like that to help these guys, did it? How did it all start? No, indeed not. So my background is in film uh, production and post-production, uh, animation, specifically using animation. And a few years ago, we decided to try and build a simplified storyboarding tool that would take some of those animation techniques, use artificial intelligence, AI, to drive those characters and through that, simplify the process for the user. So limiting it down at the, at the most simple level of just requiring that the user be able to read and write so that they can type the dialogue that they want the characters to perform. So once that's okay. done, the characters then take, take care of the rest of it or the software takes care of the rest of it. And you end up quite quickly having talking characters um, with minimal input. Um, so one of the markets that we originally started releasing our software to or addressing was in the corporate training world where there is a need for um, repetitive uh, and frequent training, um, especially in, in worlds like um, finance, um, for corporate compliance, for HR issues where you're onboarding new employees and you need to uh, acquaint them with your company's practices that they can typically be a little uh, dull, perhaps, is a uh, technical term for them. Um, so there was a there was a desire to be able to spice them up a little bit by creating uh, animated content. So our okay. tool, we initially took it to that market um, and had been active in there for for a handful of years, um, selling to those companies or or people 
creating training materials for large companies. Um, okay. second, second area where we were active was in, was in the classroom um, in schools where we had requests from teachers who'd been using the software for a while um, because it was so simple to, uh, uh, to use that, that, one, the teachers could use it, but also it meant that the students could use the software pretty quickly uh, and didn't spend their time learning the software. They spent their time creating uh, projects or f fulfilling assignments, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and in working with some of those schools, um, they would talk about students from first exposure within 15, 20 minutes were creating dialogue with the characters. So, so that's a good sort of reinforcement that there was, uh, it's relatively easy to pick up. I would argue that it's probably easier for kids to pick up than, than teachers and adults to pick up. Yeah. Because as adults, we tend to look for excuses not to do something, right? It always looks intimidating. I don't have the time yeah. to do that. Um, <clears throat> so we were present and active in both of those worlds. And then about, oh, it's coming up for 18 months ago now, 15 months ago, uh, uh -huh. It became evident through our support channel that we had users with autism that were using our software. Right. Um, and I'd like to say that that was uh, expert analysis on, on our behalf to identify that. But the reality of it was that a mother contacted us to say that her son had used her credit card to buy the pro version of our software, which was, which was a relatively um, pricey item. Um, mm -hmm. So we refunded the money, we, um, and, but at the same time, we set up uh, her son, Vito, with, with a license to use the pro version of the software. Um, and the, the understanding was that I would really like to understand a little more about how Vito was using the software, what he was doing with it, um, and where they saw benefits. So that started a relationship with the family and with Vito of discussing what what he's using with the software, what he likes about it. And he uses other things as well as our software. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things that, that is appealing within this is, is he controls that process. He controls the time it takes to create the video. He controls the characters and what the characters are going to say. Um, he can take his time to refine what he's saying. Um, and he can choose to share it when he wants to. It's not it's not like a face-to-face -face conversation, which is which can be very stressful, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and it tends to be controlled by somebody else, right? So in this situation, he's controlling all of what's going on there, um, yeah. and that luxury or that freedom to do that then allows him to explore creativity and expressing himself rather than it just being about functional communication, um, and that's what sort of piqued my interest was. Well, I was already interested at we're helping people communicate, but this idea of being able to support and actually encourage um, people who have difficulties with communication or expressing themselves, offering them a different way to do that, mm -hmm. um, I thought that was was incredible. So we then we then went through um, uh, our our list of support emails that we get um, and found that we'd had some prior correspondence from schools that had been using the software in the same kind of um, dynamic. So I got in contact with them and we started to pull in information. Um, after about three, four months of that, after I'd collated that information, I took it to Autism Speaks, which is quite an active community support organization here in North America. Mm -hmm. um, and I presented our findings to them 
and mm -hmm. um, and they sort of corroborated that because I'm new to this world, right? I, I I'm not a, yeah. a parent of an autistic child. I I have no um, immediate connection to it, um, but I did see that there was something of of a different value here than helping people make training videos more cost effectively. Uh, there's something much more interesting, much more fundamental and rewarding in helping somebody communicate, express their identity, um, and in some cases actually um, express a part of themselves that hasn't surfaced before. Um, uh, an example of that is that there's a, uh, a young uh, guy in UK actually um, who was using our software for a while um, and uh, after some gentle persuasion, I'd asked his mom to, to sort of furnish me with any feedback she could on what he likes about the software, what he does with the software, what we could do better, and what kind of content he was creating. And he was working in isolation very independently. Uh, and I think that, that his mom may have been grateful for, for him being occupied and enjoying what he was doing and hadn't yeah. necessarily delved too much into what he was creating. But after a little... Um, investigation, it turned out he was writing stories about him and his friends at school. Uh, oh. and, and in that, expressing a sense of humor that he didn't readily express otherwise. Uh, oh. and, and so there's this thing within our software. It, it uses, we have animated 3D characters. We actually use a game engine inside our, our software. Um, mm -hmm. and one of the things that we've noticed now through being active within this space for 15, 18 months is that there, there are uh, the playing of video games is very common occurrence. Um, and part of the dynamic of playing a video game is you explore that world. Um, it's a it's odd, but it's kind of a safe world, right? It's a predictable, they're predictable interactions that you have in yeah. a video game. Um, the computer will rarely lie to you unless that's built into the game. So there's a predictability and a comfort within there that can be enabling. Uh, but if, if kids, young adults have been playing video games, they're familiar with our world, this, this, this tool that we've created, because it has 3D characters. You make them do what you want them to do, but in a different way. You make them say what you want them to say. Um, so there's a, a familiarity there that I think we're capitalizing on. Again, it wasn't by design, but we sort of stumbled into this. Um, yeah. One of the families we talked about was saying that, that her son had learned the power of, that swear words are powerful and was using them quite frequently in his verbal communication. Um, mm -hmm. So she, she said to him, you know that those are bad words, that you shouldn't be using those, but you can use them in the software instead, use them in normal. So she said that his videos became quite spicy, uh, because, mm -hmm. but, but he cleaned up his verbal communication, like was using swear words less in the verbal communication, and they'd migrated into the software. Right. Um, and speaking with his support professional, he, what he was then doing actually was modeling confrontational conversations between characters and having mm. them swear at each other and was building an understanding of that dynamic of that interaction. Um, so, so, so it can do more than just, well, I say just, I don't mean just because it's a big thing, but more than just aiding communication, it's helping the whole learning process of understanding the intricacies of social interaction. Absolutely. And with some of the schools that we're now working with, uh, uh, and you will see that some kids, some Kids, and, and I'm saying kids, but but we have people up into 
up, up to 30 years old using the software, right? So it, it moves up into, um, into young adults. And really, it's not about age. It's about appeal. And if yeah. they play video games or if they're familiar with watching animated cartoons, right? We all grew up watching animated cartoons. And through that, we have this benevolent relationship with these characters, they're not threatening to us. It's not like sitting in front of a human who's getting frustrated because you're not answering them. You control the time. They're, they're, they are ostensibly our friends and they are speaking for us. Um, so, so part of the, um, the, the dynamic in there uh, is that um, some young adults, students will take to this. Others just won't be interested. But in talking mm -hmm. with the school, I asked them, are, are there any students that have tried this and then lost interest? And they said, no, it's either they're just not interested to begin with, or if they do uh, embark, if they are engaged by working with the characters or controlling the characters, then, then they want everything. They want all of the pro tools, the ability to move the cameras around. So those versions of our software that we furnish to the schools have all of those features in because there seems to be an element of pride taken in exploring and mastering that the technology that's there it's not required to get results but there is a, a pride that's there um, uh, or a challenge that's there let's say and one of the 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 um, incidents that comes back from the school is is they tend to use the software in a slightly different way rather than just in the hands of the individual as an aid to expression they're using it as a conversational aid um, mm -hmm. and We've had this sort of confirmed from families as well, where they will, in the app, a parent or teacher will write the dialogue for one character, and the child, young adult, student will write the dialogue for the second character. And through that, conduct a conversation in the app, in this virtual world, which is at a safe distance. It's at arm's length, right? It's not face-to-face, human-to-human contact. It's using these enablement powers of the, of the avatars that, as as a as a means of having a conversation, but in a safe place, in a less confrontational place. Um, yeah. One of the schools we're working with um, and use they set the students up to work together on the project, capitalizing on the fact that they're engaged, they're having fun doing it, but actually getting them to work together, which they wouldn't typically do otherwise. Um, yeah. We also have a. a, a uh, there's an example actually on our website of a of a student with limited ver limited verbal capabilities who, when he first started using the software, would would um, would respond in the conversation with single words. That's now gone up to phrases. So mm -hmm. he's he's through a level of comfort um, within the application. He's expressing himself more than he was doing before. Um, we're optimistic and intrigued to see how that develops over time. Mm. Um, so there's, there is something here that we're early stages with this. Um, we have noticed that, and, and as I mentioned before, it, it's going to appeal to some people. It's not going to appeal to everyone. Yeah. Um, we have uh, the ability, the software allows you to speak also into the, into the software. Um, and the characters will then record, will lip sync to what you've spoken. Um, yeah. And that's proving to be quite useful in an educational context for mirroring somebody's performance. So for yeah. practicing vocal utterances, um, uh -huh. but in a less judgmental way than it being me talking to you, it's I'm making that character say how I feel today. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, there, there are 
examples, numerous examples of of kids who will communicate through a a um, a fluffy toy, through a teddy bear, through an owl, rather than talking face to face. Right, mm-hmm. it's this vicarious communication through a through a um, a, a third party conduit. Um, and we also have, again, purely by accident, uh, our software has the ability to use a photograph as a background. There's a family here in actually in Quebec um, uh-huh. whose son's area of, um, of special interest is going shopping to a certain supermarket, to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, so our software allows you to take a photograph. You could find that photograph on on. Uh, a web search on Google. You could take the photograph yourself. You can pull it into the software and use it as a background. Um, right. And that allows you to then have the exterior, the the front facade of the supermarket with characters in there that can have a conversation um, as if it's taking place in the world that's the, the area of interest for the child. Uh, and what yeah. we're trying to support there is capitalizing on this, on this conduit um, connection it's into an area of interest, right? If it's an area of fascination, how can we incorporate that or how can a parent or a teacher incorporate that to make the um, the child student more comfortable to then express themselves, to then have other conversations? Um, so the software doesn't have within it any teaching um, per se, but it has this um, appeal for certain people to... to uh, express and through that to to foster connection uh, and foster insight. Like the the mother of the boy um, expressing himself in um, using humor in his videos that he's creating, you may mm. not see that otherwise. And that starts to give you an insight that that of of the nuances that your child is capable of in their communication that you may not have seen otherwise. Yeah, um, there's a there's a family in Mexico actually. That, that, but telling my colleague down there that um, their daughter communicates through um, typing letters, spells through letters. Um, mm-hmm. But since they've been doing that, they've discovered that she both reads and writes in English and in Spanish, that she taught herself on her own. Wow. And they didn't know. So, no. That's amazing. So, so there's this there's a conduit that works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. But through that, even if the kid is just having fun doing it, right? fun is a rare commodity. Yeah. Um, and, and control is a rare commodity. Being told what to do, is, is it, it just happens too frequently. And, and that can be well-meaning and it can, and it can be um, otherwise. It can be protecting the child. This is a safe place to try and fail. Right? Because yeah. nobody's there judging what's going on. It's not connected to the web, so there's no third party um, that you're talking with. It's in isolation, controlled to the the individual using it, or them working with their teacher or their um, uh, with their parent or, or family member. Right? We've got two brothers that communicate with each other within the app because it's fun to do and it's uh, it's an activity that um, that. Uh, it's enjoyable, but it's allowing them to communicate and foster a different dynamic than they were uh, previously able to do. Yeah, amazing. Well, I've got loads of questions for you, but I think we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and I'll pick your brain some more. Be back sure. in a minute. Did you know at Chewy Gen we have a fantastic range of chewable toys? 
we have these amazing bubba bags which have four amazing chewable items inside them they are so much fun and right now they are half price on the chewy gem uk website go and grab yourself a deal and enjoy those toys now back to the podcast right welcome back so um we were chatting about god just the full scope of what you've developed is quite incredible in terms of all the different facets it can be applied to and the different benefits it has um how personalized can it be so you mentioned the uploading of the photos and having nosed about on your website i know that you can choose the look of the character you can choose different voices what else can you personalize in it so the, the software comes with approximately 100 environments. These are 3D sets. They're full 3D sets. So you can wander around them. You can position your cameras or your characters within those, uh, within those worlds. Um, and there is approximately 600 characters, I think, sp- split between different families. So what we've built are different collections of families of characters um, that are of a similar style. And they have their own sets that go with that style of characters. You can mix and match them. So you can have more human-like characters mixed and matched with the more alien, stylized kind of characters. Um, The the user can then choose those characters, choose the environment. There is some customization within there. But early on, we made the decision that the choice here, um, the goal was to facilitate communication quickly rather than requiring the user to be able to learn how to build their own characters and build their own sets, right? That's the model that exists within the, in the animation world, is you need a big team of people, uh, each with different expertise, to accomplish the same thing that we're providing. Um, so customization currently is limited, but we're working on a new version of the software that would allow the user to change the look of their um, of their characters to resemble them if they want to, um, or to or to just create their own unique characters, uh, mm-hmm. and that could be by swapping hairstyle, changing hair color, changing clothing. Um, but really, from our approach is to to put the minimal burden on the user to be able to create um, their content without asking them to build the sets themselves, to put all the lights in place themselves, to do all of the facial expressions that are required to support frowning, smiling, the facial expressions that are there, plus also the lip sync, the mouth shapes for the the characters to be able to talk. Um, The software software supports different languages. Um, So currently the, um, uh, the software has English, French, German, Italian, Spanish, and I think one Arabic voice. Um, and those are inbuilt. So if you type in any one of those languages, the characters will speak with that, uh, with that language. Um, wow. Also, if you have other text-to-speech voices installed on your computer, and they're SAPI 5, that, uh, a format within that, um, the voice protocol, then our software will identify them and make them available to you. Um, so it supports different languages as required, um, and there is customization. At the moment, it's more um, you choose the characters that you want to from the bank, the library of characters that exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one family that does allow you to, uh, to customize the, uh, uh, the, this level of customization I was talking about before, so suits characters. Um, and, and there you can change some of the character colors there, swap their hairstyles, mm-hmm. those kind of things. 
Um, long term, and, and we did a lot of looking at this before about the idea of using a photograph of a person and then making a uh, an avatar from them. We're steering away from that um, because one of the things that we see is uh, is that there is an advantage of creating some distance uh, mm-hmm. of it not being trying to look like you, of it being a, a different persona, um, mm-hmm. and and. What we can also do through that is is to then ensure that the end product, the videos that get created, um, mm. look good quality. Right? It's it's a pleasing, it's almost a professional look of the end result from minimum input. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to flatter the user in a way, in part by giving them a good end product in making it relatively easy for them to do that, but then also offering options where you can, if you want to, control everything that the characters do. Um, minimally, the system will do that using the artificial intelligence. But you can turn that off and then you add the gestures that you want to. You can control which cameras are used. You can move the cameras around. Uh, yeah. But that's that's through user choice that they want to control that um, and they want to, um, to build more of a mastery of the tools that are there. Uh, and... But that's not required for the communication self-expression aspect of it. Right? That's more that comes from modeling a conversation, having a character say something. Um, Vito that I mentioned uh, earlier on, the, the first person that alerted us to, to what was going on here, he sends me from time to time, it's almost like a pen pal video. He sends me a short video that he's made um, expressly, to me, I get that 30-second, 30 30 one-minute-long video, and I respond in kind by creating a little video and sending that back to him. Mm-hmm. So that's a very slow conversation, but it's a comfortable conversation, right? And it's yeah. it's like we used to have with sending letters, where yeah. it's not instantaneous. And instantaneous isn't always a good thing. Yeah, right? because it has it, a bit of thought, doesn't it, about what? It does, yeah. yeah. And, and that can be as much as, you know, you get a... a, a an email or a text message that infuriates you. It's a good discipline not to respond to that immediately, right? But to take a little step back, take the time to think about it before you reply. And we've kind of lost that. Um, a lot of, of the technologies around us push us to do stuff very quickly. Um, and and I see the value in, in not doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what about the, the age of voices? So if, if I was a 12-year-old, could I sound like a 12-year-old or would I have to sound like an adult? Uh, it, it's limited. Um, the voices that we have allow you to change the pitch of the voice and the speed of the voice. So you can make it uh, higher pitched if you want to. And that's not perfect for modeling the, um, the intonation and the speech pattern of a, of a younger, um, of a child or a younger adult. Um, but now that we've identified this as being a market that we are addressing, a community that we want to help, um, then we are looking at other voice solutions and have some very interesting conversations with, with people that have innovative approaches to this um, yeah. that, that I think can be hugely beneficial. Um, in the previous worlds that we were, we, we were addressing, in the corporate training world, the majority of videos that were being created, they were using professional voice talent, right, to create the voiceover. Um, and they might use the text-to-speech, the computer-generated voice as as work in progress while they're creating their script, but the end product will be done with recorded voice. 
Yeah. Um, so the onus wasn't so strong then on on what we needed to do with those with those voices. That that changes here, and, and I we acknowledge that and are looking at solutions that um, would allow for a broader range of voices for the user to select, um, yeah. different accents, fun accents. Right in a mm-hmm. business context, maybe having a regional accent isn't necessarily desired. Um, mm. But here in this use here, you may actually having character in the voice may help from an expression point of view. It may also help from an identification point of view, because if I've got a, you know, if, 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 uh, if, if you're in Scotland and you have a Scottish accent, you may want something that resonates more closely with that. Yeah. Um, so, so we are moving towards that. We also have a, uh, an agreement in place uh, with a company that supplies um, Picto, libraries of Pictos, um, mm. so that uh, in the upcoming versions of the apps that we're working on, it will incorporate using icons instead of the requiring that the user can read and write. So to okay. use the, the pictograms, board maker pictograms that are um, in circulation or identified and used by um, a number of people. And there are yeah. arguments as, as to whether or not, you know, it's the best way of doing it. We're just trying to, um, to accommodate that because we know that some people use that. Uh, and through that, hopefully, we can encourage different interactions and, again, encourage play. If there's play, then there's engagement. And what what can we then tap into if we can get that engagement? Absolutely. And what about expression? So how, how does the user kind of – because you can say a sentence in in a happy way, a sad way, an angry way. So I, I presume that they can make that happen. So, so the, the, the voice, the, the text-to-speech voice is relatively neutral performance because um, it, it, they have been developed for things like GPS, right, for, for guidance systems or for uh, information um, delivery. Yeah. Um, what we do in our software is allow the user to add things like facial expression and body gesture. Um, so there are different actions that the character can perform with their hands. Um, yeah. And you can you can give them a happy, sad, angry, surprised. Um, uh, there are six expressions I think that we can support. Um, so you can change the facial expression of a character, and you can make them do body gestures. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also control where the character looks. So you can make them look at the other person, or you can make them avoid looking at the other person. So one of the things that we're now starting to do with some of the schools we're working with is to build out social skills, social situation stories that model um, uh, everyday situations, but as a teaching aid, but also a practice aid. Because if Mm -hmm. we can model it in video form, but the student can then go into the software and play the part of one of the characters or become one of the characters and practice what they might say in that situation um, or how they might um, interact in that conversation. Um, I I suspect that there are some benefits through that engagement and practice where, where the user becomes an active participant rather than a passive observer of a video that might be difficult to identify with. Um, yeah. So that's an area that we're looking at. at um, uh, we, we don't have internally the expertise, the teaching expertise to do that, but we are working with some of the schools that we work with to explore that as a way of, of um, 
building illustrative materials as teaching aids, for whether or not that's from a um, <clears throat> behavioral therapist, occupational therapist point of view, from a speech therapist point of view, uh, or from social skill situations, social stories just, just for um, uh, general assistance. And, th and that is from school situations through to employment situations. Uh, and uh, hopefully next year, next calendar year, we will start um, um, releasing some of, that, some of that material. That's our goal. Um, so for, for a user to add an expression to a character or a gesture, we use um, a, a, in the interface, you type the text and then you can drop icons into the text, a little like you do with emoticons in a text message. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have to animate the character, you just add a smiley face at that point. Uh, so you add a facial expression and say you want the character to smile. Or you add a gesture and we have a list of 120 different gestures that the character can perform. So that gesture could be arms crossed, right, which is a sort of typically defensive gesture, or it could be arms open, a more positive gesture. And there are some extreme gestures in there. There's fun gestures within there. Um, the software comes with sound effects um, so that you can, you can add music to the scene. You can add um, ambient sound, make it sound like it's ha happening in the countryside, in a street, in an office. Um, there are playful sound effects in there, like a ray gun. There's a fart in there, which was for a while probably the most popular sound effect that anyone used. But, you know, yeah. it, it's there to support expression and, and there's a fun dynamic um, within this. It needs to be enjoyable um, for people to remain, to be engaged and remain engaged. Yeah. Uh, and, and over time we see, you know, we're, we are very actively now working with the schools that we work with and the organizations that we work with for them to inform the future development of what we're doing. Brilliant. Um, because that's, you know, we're, like I said before, we're just scratching the surface here. We've stumbled into this area. Um, I'd like to say it was by design. It isn't. But what I think we have done well is to identify that there's something important that we can do here. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, now you're, you're listening and, and tweaking. Mm -hmm. So that's brilliant. Wow, really, really interesting stuff. I'm sure everyone will go have a nosy at your website. So um, to find that, it's just normal.com, isn't it? N-A-W-M-A-L.com. And you're also on Facebook and Instagram, I believe, and Twitter and all the usual places. All of um, those places, yes. You're, you're correct. There's there's a couple of different sites. There's normalnawmal.com, and, and you'll see on there we're running a special um, introductory offer at the moment to try and help people try this with actually with no risk. Um, there's a free version you can try for a couple of weeks. Within that time, probably within an hour, you'll know if your child likes this or doesn't. Um, so that's free. And then there's an introductory offer of, of three months at $5 a month to use the, to use the software. Um, and, and that's there in part because we want people to try it and see that there is, um, there's a real uh, advantage or value in using work, having your child or your, your young adult, your student use the software. Um, and, and like I mentioned in the early preamble, um, we're not really targeting this at parents. It's more the thing that I find amazing about this is helping people who have difficulty communicating to express themselves. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the wonder, right? And I think that's the real value in this is if they feel comfortable using this 
and it resonates in some way, and I don't care what way, what thing it is, whether it's the animated characters or if they're controlling it, I don't care what it is. If it's helping them to do it, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So we want to make that available. Try it if you like it, then great. We'll, you know, it's after that initial three months, it goes up to ten dollars a month, which I'm I'm hoping isn't an exorbitant price. If it's if it's helping, if it's entertain minimally, if it's entertaining your child, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But if there's any of the other upsides, the other other benefits from it, then then um, that's all the better. Yeah, amazing, fantastic. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and I'm sure everyone will find that really interesting and useful. And I wish you every success with it because I'm sure it can help a lot of people. Well, th thank you so much, Jenny, for the opportunity to um, tell you a little about the story. And um, and I'll keep you updated if, if we have any significant developments because it's, this is the beginning of the – this is chapter one of our story. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer -peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye